The Christmas season is winding down as we take our final steps of 2016, getting ready to close the week out and open up to a brand new year. So, let's get ready and dive on in to this week's episode, the final episode of 2016. This is FritzCast. It is the final episode of 2016, and I promise you it's the final episode of whatever this cheesy Christmas background music is I found. Uh, Which, I actually, I like this tune. It's literally 19 minutes long. I found it on a website that offers their arrangements, you know, royalty-free. I've been... This is the third time I've tried recording that word. Royalty-free. I'm not drunk. I haven't been drinking. Don't... Don't question me like that. It is 9 a.m. in the morning. Which, at this time yesterday, I think I did pop a beer open and start drinking it, or cider. But that's beside the point, correct? It's 5 o'clock somewhere. No, but welcome. It is Tuesday, December 27th, I do believe. 27th indeed, 2016, the final episode of 2016 of FritzCast. Why the final episode? Well, because it's Monday. Well, usually I would record yesterday, but uh, basically this weekend is New Year's, and the next time I sit down to record an episode, it'll be 2017. Ridiculous. I'll be back to the old bensound.com theme of Rumble by then. And that's mostly because, like I said, I'm getting a little tired of, of the nondescript holiday background opening that I had. I would have preferred to get Good King Wenceslas, which, mind you, the lyrics and the tune are both in the public domain. However, uh, the way this this the way this business works out, if you want to use somebody's you know really good recording of it versus a really crappy, which is just me humming, really stupidly, <laughs> at that. If I want something good, I gotta pay for it. In our you know capitalistic society, which I'm not complaining about. I should have to pay for it if I want to use it like that. Otherwise, I'm exploiting people and stealing money from them, and that's a bad thing. I don't want to be doing that. However, since the lyrics are in the public domain, I can I can read them to you all I want. I don't owe anybody anything, believe it or not. And I don't want to read the whole song lyrics, but the, the gist of the song you should know is that, I mean, yes, there's things to pick apart, uh, for instance, Good King Wenceslas, Wenceslas wasn't his name, uh, he wasn't a king, he was a duke, and the story, this, the song itself may in fact be fabricated, might be a, a, a made up story around the man, uh, Wenceslas was made, uh, a saint, was made a saint after his brother slayed him. 
He was made a martyr, a saint, uh, posthumously given the title of a king, yada, yada, yada. Right. And one of the reasons I like the song, though, is uh, amongst the last of the lyrics, uh, for instance, the page talking to King Wenceslas, uh, Sire, the night is darker now, and the wind blows stronger. Fails my heart, I know not how. I can go no longer. King replies, Mark my footsteps, my good page. Tread thou in them boldly. Thou shalt find the winner's rage. Freeze thy blood less coldly. In his master's steps he trod, where the snow lay dinted. Heat was in the very sod, which the saint had printed. Therefore, Christian men be sure, wealth or rank possessing, ye who now will bless the poor, shall yourselves find blessings. Moral of the story, no matter where you fall on the spectrum, whether you're very wealthy, very well off, or whether you're a poor man, you bless those who are at less than you. You yourself will find blessings. Moral of the story. So, how was everybody's Christmas? That's my question. Because Christmas, of course, was Monday. No, it was Sunday. Yesterday was Monday. That was the day after Christmas, you dummy. Christmas was Sunday. Uh, and I found one of the reasons, like, I told you guys, I believe it was last episode, some of the things I love about the season. I do love decorating. I do love the Christmas music. I like the festivity, the spirits, all that stuff. In my mind, I always thought it was a little selfish of me because I thought the underlying reason was because, ooh, I get stuff at Christmas. I get to open up stuff from people. They buy me stuff, and it's great, right? It's not the reason I really like the... Uh, season at all it's not uh, one of the things I love about the season for some reason around this time time seems to slow down for me it really tends to drag and it's a good drag it's not a bad like god when is this going to be over type of drag it is the type of drag like it's the pace that you want life to go at almost nice Cool, calm, steady, you know. The days aren't passing in the blink of an eye. You're not filled with terrible busyness. That's how I felt this this past Christmas season. I like, yes, I, I thinking about it now. It seems like just yesterday I threw up the Christmas tree. We decorated it. I threw the decorations outside and had them going off. Yes, it does seem like yesterday. However... Every night when the sun would go down and my outside lights would automatically turn on, for example, there was just, uh, I don't know, some magic kicks in when I see the lights come on. And like every day I looked out at my decorations, my, my little inflatable lawn Yoda wearing a Santa hat on a stack of Christmas presents because that's so goofy and nerdy and me. There's something I enjoyed about like watching it just blow up every night. I know that sound that could be taken out of context. Somebody's gonna splice this up. I enjoyed watching it blow up. Fritz likes watching things blow up. Same thing with the Christmas tree though. Loved uh, I have one of those little kick pedals that, you know, you can just stomp on it to turn the lights on because we're all lazy people and can't unplug something from a light socket. So like every every morning I would go turn on the tree. If I was going to be home all day, turn on the tree. Why? Because I like seeing the tree lit up. Duh. Makes it festive. Puts me in the spirit. Makes me a holly jolly elf. 
if you know what I mean. So there's the festive feel that I get during the time. There's the fact that time slows down. And then there's just being with family and friends and trying not to focus on anything else. You guys know I'm obsessed with news and politics and formulating my own political stances and opinions and trying to figure out other people's as well. Very, That's what really drives me on a passionate level. This past week, I don't think I clicked on my, my CBS News app at all to watch it. I don't have really, I don't have cable television so much. I have some local channels and such like that. Thanks to my Roku TV, I have that uh, CBS does a 24-hour news service that's free. You get the app and you can watch continuously as they cover news stories. So that's like if I need a news hookup or I just want to see what's going on in the world, I kick that on. Kick on Bloomberg TV, which is also another free streaming service. So to speak, I, I shouldn't say free. They're not free. They're, you know, you get like 10 or 15 minutes of news and then you get about five minutes of ads in between and then they come back. So that's why it's free. You're getting you're still getting bombarded with ads. That's the price that you pay when you don't pay for something. But I haven't really dived into getting any news this past week. I'll, I'll talk about. Some of the things that have happened in a little bit. But just to highlight the point that I've been avoiding it. My podcasts, my radio shows, all those people have kind of been on hiatus for the holiday season. So there's nothing to indulge in. I've been, like the past couple weeks anyway, I've been trying to indulge in Christmas classic movies and things that put me in the festive mood and spirit, you know, enjoy them while the season's here because, face it, you can't watch Home Alone in January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, or even November, you had to watch it in December, you filthy animal, and you can't listen to Christmas carols prior to... Thanksgiving you just can't do it there are laws that we have to follow and you're not allowed to break those laws and in not watching all this news and all this stuff it really put me in a festive Christmas spirit the only thing that was a downer was the fact that I worked Christmas night the bane of being a uh, public service official in, in some capacity that's the life of a correctional employee. You just, What's a holiday? And it sucks. It's been about, I don't know, four or five years since I had some normalcy. Like I said, this year was the first year I had a Thanksgiving. If I had not gotten promoted to sergeant, this would have been my first year getting a Christmas, but I lost Sunday, Monday when I promoted. So, unless I keep Monday, Tuesday, next year will be the first Christmas that I have off entirely. But knowing how I get promoted and all that, I'm not holding my breath for keeping Mondays and Tuesdays off for that much longer. And aside from being sick as dogs, because me and my wife and you know my whole household has been sick, aside from being sick like dogs, Christmas morning came, we all woke up extremely excited and sat around our tree and opened up presents one by one, and it was great. 
Uh, you know, there. I mean, yeah, I'm a little spoiled. I'm a little selfish. I do enjoy opening a gift that's given to me. There's something fun about it. There's something equally as fun, if not better. I'm going to actually say it is better. I enjoy watching somebody open up a gift that I got them. I enjoy watching the reactions of people. That's probably also linked back to some kind of vanity. Like, yeah, I got you that. That was me. Because I'm a genius. Yeah, I know how to read your Amazon wish list. Yeah, baby. Anyway, stupidity. My stupidity aside. I enjoy watching that. So, for instance, my wife. I got her one of those puzzle tables. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's like a giant wood board. It has drawers on the side. You can move it wherever you want. It has these little lips, and you can do your puzzles on it and not worry about them getting messed up. My wife loves to do puzzles. She's been doing puzzles, bless her heart, on a little, like, on a little thin wood board that we have for some reason. It's to cut up and fill in these little holes in shelves that we have, these little holes in, uh, in drawers in these shelves. Uh, Probably doesn't make sense to you. Picture a drawer that has those handles to pull them out, but they're actually like set in the wood. So you take them out, and there's these little gaps. So we have these, we have this wood to cut up, fill in the gaps because we don't like that set in business. Stupid, it's stupid. But my wife has been doing puzzles on a board that we're using for that. And the puzzle pieces get messed up because the cats walk all over it and it it gets bumped around and stuff. So now she has this nice big board. She can put loose puzzle pieces in the drawers on the side. She can literally do puzzles anywhere now. She can sit on the couch. She can sit in my recliner. She can... The only thing she wishes it has was legs to stand up on. So she could sit on the floor and do them on the floor better. Uh, Which, you know, maybe there's some kind of accessory or some kind of way to boost that up. I don't know. But she loved getting that table. I got her several Doctor Who items, which she has now got me into Doctor Who. I just finished season, quote, season one, a.k.a. the relaunch of the series, Christopher Eccleston as the ninth Doctor. I just finished that season, so now I just started David Tennant Doctor. And yes, I'm becoming a bit obsessed with the show. I can already tell that my next binge watching of a TV show is going to be what's up to now of Doctor Who. And what's really funny about that <laughs> sidebar is that uh, uh, so many people don't like Eccleston. So many people love Tenet. People were eh on Matt Smith. And people are eh on Capaldi. And I've seen random episodes of all of them. And so far, the ones I've liked the most are Capaldi, the, the, the current Doctor. So it'll be interesting to see what comes of that. But that's beside the point. I got her a lot of Doctor Who stuff, including uh, a TARDIS Funko Pop, the vinyl figures. It's a big Funko Pop, except the door opens and it has no floor. So you can get the Doctor Funko Pops and put them in the TARDIS, which I got her Eccleston, the ninth Doctor, because that's her favorite. So now she has a TARDIS, 
Funko Pop uh, and uh, Ninth Doctor Funko Pop. She has a sonic screwdriver from the Ninth Doctor that is fully functional. I mean, it lights up and makes sounds. It doesn't actually do anything to stuff. But there's all that. And I knew that my mom was going to get her a sewing machine for Christmas because she's been obsessing over a sewing machine. So my mom got her the sewing machine. I got her a bunch of sewing accessories. Now she's going to go so crazy. I got her so crazy. I got her so accessories. I got her a little book on the beginner guide to sewing. So she's going to go nuts for that. And she loved all of it, which, which is epic and great. Me, for example, for all my Christmas gifts, just to show you how simple-minded and th- how things go over my head, I've talked about my TV. It's a Roku TV. It's a 4K Roku TV. You can download apps on it. They have different apps for it. So I have Netflix on there. Amazon Prime Video is on there. There are the CBS News thing. Uh, there's one for The Blaze. The Blaze is Glenn Beck's. TV and media network. So, like I told you, I listen to a lot of podcasts from people on The Blaze. They also have TV shows. Like, Glenn video does a video cast of his pod, of his radio show. His radio show becomes a podcast at the end of the day. So, if you can't listen to his radio show from 9 to noon, it gets podcasted roughly and posted on the internet roughly around 1 o'clock in the afternoon. While it's live 9 to noon, you can either listen to it on the radio. It's probably on a local radio station where you're at. You can go online and listen to it at theblaze.com. Or if you're a subscriber to The Blaze TV, you can actually run a video cast. And his whole radio show is like a TV news show as well. Well, my wife, I downloaded that app onto the Roku TV, even though I don't have a subscription. You can go on there and watch little clips that they put up sometimes. My wife bought me a year subscription to that service. So Christmas morning, she turns on the TV. She moved the app to the number one spot. and then, So she sits there and she tells me to put on a Christmas movie or something. She said that to get me over to the TV to turn it on so I would see the Blaze app sitting in the number one spot. It totally went over my head. I totally, it didn't connect to me that it was in the number one spot. And she's just looking at me like, and I'm like, what? That's the Blaze app. I was like, I downloaded that like the day we got the TV. She goes, click on it, dummy. And I clicked on it and there I was logged into it. And it's, it's also an on-demand service. So all the radio shows that he does, they get broadcast live on there in video form But if you missed it, you can go back and you can watch it if you want. Same thing every night. He has a TV show from 5 o'clock to, I think, 6 o'clock. They're all on there. They're all archived. So are all the shows that The Blaze runs. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, whoa. I have a fully on-demand, both live and on-demand service of The Blaze. That's amazing. Blew my mind. So I love that. My desk right now is cluttered with Funko Pops. And little standy things. I got this uh, die cast Red 5 X-Wing. That would be... Red 5 would be the slot that Luke Skywalker flies in on the Death Star mission in A New Hope. Spoiler alert. Pay attention for Red 5 in 
Star Wars Rogue One when you go see it, if you haven't already. Which I gotta talk about too, I guess, in a little bit. So I've got uh, BB-8, the Funko Pop figure. I got uh, his buddy and sidekick Poe Dameron, the best pilot in the Resistance. That's sitting next to my Funko Pop of uh, Chewbacca that I got last year. Sitting just off to the side from that is actually this beautiful, I think it's a wood-carved, it's a wood-carved stand of Charlie Brown and Snoopy called Life is Better with a Dog, and it's cool. I I love Peanuts. I love Charlie Brown. I grew up watching, like, every Charlie Brown that was ever made, and I own quite a bit of them on DVD, Blu-ray, digital, various formats. I have a booklet. I bought it at Barnes & Nobles, I want to say, a couple years ago. It's literally, like, the story of... How Charles Schultz came up with Charlie Brown and the evolution of it. It has like pictures and scans of comic strips from back in the the early 60s, I think. If I'm thinking about it right, I could be wrong. Don't quote me on it. That's just some of the Christmas presents that I got. Uh when when we went to when we went to Mom's for Christmas brunch, Mom presented me with a Philadelphia Eagles pillow pet. That was holding a ball. It was holding a see-through plastic ornament ball that you could put things in. And there was a piece of paper folded up in there. And when I opened it up, it was a piece of paper that is is a VIP ticket to go see Sabaton. That has a meet and greet after the show. It's in April. April, like, 20th, I think. So it's a, it's a couple months away, but it's a VIP meet-and-greet ticket to Sabaton. Now, Sabaton is a band from Europe that I love. Uh, all their subject matter, they're a band that sings exclusively about historical warfare. Now, just for a brief example, one of my favorite songs by them is called No Bullets Fly. That song is about the Charlie Brown and Franz Stiegler incident. If you don't know what that is, it occurred in December. December 20th, 1943, in fact, there was a a bomb run being flown by Lieutenant Charles Brown, or Charlie Brown. Hmm. Gosh, I wonder where... Never mind, moving on. So, Lieutenant Charles Brown flying a B-17 bomber that was named Ye Old Pub. He goes flies this bombing raid. He's severely damaged by German fighters. Luftwaffe ace Franz Stiegler has the opportunity to shoot down the bomber. Instead, escorts him out of the war zone back to the RAF for safe landings. So the song is about how you risk how this enemy had the opportunity to shoot down this enemy bomber, but instead, because the bomber was damaged. Because they had, they stood no fighting chance whatsoever. He flies and escorts him out safely, risking his life in several different ways. Risking his life by one disobeying combat orders of shooting down an enemy, escorting that enemy to safety, and risking the fact that at any point the enemy could have shot him down and had multiple opportunities to. It's actually a very interesting story that I would like to hit up on somewhere down the line. 
but it's an excellent song. Now, that's just one example of what the band does. They sing along those lines. They have a ballad, for instance, that's about uh, Corporal Leslie Allen or Bull Allen, who was an Australian soldier who received the United States Silver Star. Interesting backstory there. That's what their songs are. They pick historical war moments and they sing about them, both triumphantly and and not triumphantly alike. Very interesting band, very interesting subject matter, and I'm going to go see them live and I get a VIP meet and greet and I am stoked for it. Last time I had a VIP meet and greet was last year to go see Camelot, which was an, an amazing experience despite the fact that I'm so nerdy and didn't know what to say to these guys. I shook their hands, I got autographs, talked a little bit, but like I was awestruck. I was like, I don't know what to say to you guys. You guys make music that I love. So hopefully this time I'll be a li- little less nerdy and just, you know, enjoy it, shake hands, hang out with the band. That'll be cool. That'll be that'll be epic. And mom probably doesn't realize how epic a Christmas gift that is for me. So it's something that I have really to look forward to. And then there was just the, there was the family time. Sitting there uh, just talking with everybody, enjoying the enjoying the time for me up until I had to go to work. Going to work puts a real damper on the festivities. I tried my best to not let it do that this year. And for the most part, it didn't. So that much is good. I'm hoping in the future, though, that I'm not in that I'm not either in this line of business anymore, or that I'm in a situation within this line of business where I can actually enjoy my holidays. Because let's face it, uh, the years kind of go by, and the more you miss, uh, there's there's nothing you're getting in return at all. There's no boost from work. For missing these holidays. You're just missing them. Or you're missing. You're having time taken away from them at least. So you don't get to enjoy them to their fullest. And there's no trade off. There's nothing that makes it worth it. In my eyes. Anyway. In my eyes or in my heart. There's nothing that makes it worth it. So it's a little demoralizing I guess. If anything. So I hope that you guys had an equally great Christmas. That doesn't that doesn't even begin to highlight all my Christmas presents, but I I don't want to sit here and make it about me, me, me and make it all about the presents. It was it was about the experience. It was about the family time. It was about seeing people react to what I got them. And it was just about enjoying the time and not thinking about the world for a little bit. And same thing coming up with New Year's, it, probably the rest of this week. I'll be watching and tuning in and getting more news this week than I have in the last couple of weeks or the last month. But it's like a it's like a steady march back into reality for me. New Year's coming up. Uh, again, I'm not going to be... Uh, unfortunately, I won't be able to enjoy New Year's Eve because of work. And again, it, it turns into something like, why should I even care? Do I really even care? And nobody should really be in that. Nobody should have their holidays totally decimated like that, if you ask me. And it's not its not around, <clears throat> it doesn't revolve around whether or not you can stomach it or whether you're a man and can suck it up. 
you hear a lot of stupid things from people who have worked in the in the business for X amount of years. Suck it up. This is what the job is. If you can't handle it, it has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with your ability to handle it. It has to do with the fact that they're holidays and. You know, you only live so long and you never know when your last breath is going to be drawn on Earth. So enjoying your holidays while you have them because then your next one isn't guaranteed. Unless you want to idiotically believe that. And if you do, well, that's on you then. You suck it up and get over it. Don't tell me to suck it up and get over it. But we have the New Year's coming up and New Year's is like the last, you know, big holiday, right? Before we have this little lull where maybe you get a day off here or there. Maybe there's a little holiday break here or there for Memorial Day or whatever. Whatever pops up. Easter. Nothing holds a candle to Christmas and New Year's for some reason. For me. Nothing holds a candle to Christmas or New Year's. And people have been asking me, well, what's uh, what, what are some of the resolutions you're thinking about for New, for New Year's? And I've made one New Year's resolution this year, and that is to not make resolutions because resolutions are dumb. They really are, if you think about it, at the end of the day. New Year's resolutions are so stupid. I get that it's New Year. Oh, it's New Year, New Me. Remember that? That comes around every year. New Year, New Me. It's not going to be a new you. Shut up. It's not going to be a new you. I hate New Year's resolutions for a couple reasons. Usually, A, this is the time of year that people are like, well, I'm going to go on a diet and I'm going to lose 50 pounds and I'm going to get in shape. And so people make New Year's resolutions and sometimes people track them and sometimes people don't. Actually, a lot of times people don't. That's part of the problem. When you make a New Year's resolution, when you when you make that New Year's resolution to, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. You can't make a New Year's resolution to lose 50 pounds or 20 pounds or whatever. You, you can put whatever number you want to stick in there. You can't make a resolution to do that because here's the thing. Once you hit it, you're, you're done. You're like, oh, I did it. I did it. I lost 20 pounds. Now I'm going to go back to exactly what I was doing before and gain that 20 pounds back. New Year's resolutions include I'm going to get this credit card paid off. I'm going to get this this pile of debt over here paid off. And then once somebody gets it paid off, what do they do? Oh, they blow it right back up. I hate resolutions because resolutions are making a statement of something you want to accomplish. But a lot of people don't put in regards to how to accomplish it or how they need to change their lifestyle to accomplish it and then keep it going. It's one of the things I hate about resolutions. I prefer to sit down and make goals for the New Year's and I I make it a point in my head to call them goals and really think them out rather than do this whole New Year's resolutions bit. Resolutions is BS. Come on. So among my goals for the new year, it does include losing weight, but I don't call it losing weight. If I say I'm going on a diet and I want to lose 25 pounds, when I lose that 25 pounds, chances are I'm going to say, well, the diet's done. Good news. The diet's done and I can go back to doing whatever I was doing. That's not, that's not so. That's not how this works. 
No. I've never really said I'm going on a diet to lose X amount of weight. I I sit and I say, I need a dietary change in my life. So my New Year's resolution isn't to lose, you know, 25, 30 pounds. My New Year goal is to alter my diet to cut out things. And I found out my biggest problem is portioning stuff. It really, that's my problem, portioning. I don't portion the meat I eat. I don't portion a side of vegetables every day and fruit every day. I don't do portions and I don't stick to portions and I don't stick to exercise. I don't actually, I eat zero junk food, really. I don't have snacks lining up my walls anymore. I don't get Dorito chips. I don't get fattening little sweet treats or anything like that anymore. Except during the holidays, let's not be stupid. And that explains why I gained a a couple of pounds in the last month or so. Alright, don't judge me. I don't care. The point is, is I don't make a New Year's resolution to lose X amount of weight. That's very, that's a very bad goal to set. Especially when the goal should encompass a lifestyle change. Because there's something in your lifestyle that caused you. You don't, you didn't just magically gain 25 pounds, 20 pounds of weight. Or, or whatever. You didn't. It was your lifestyle. So, I have some lifestyle goals that I'm trying to flesh out and implement. Because the other thing that happens when you set goals or resolutions, don't set resolutions, set goals. The other thing when you set goals is when you don't put milestones in, you don't put tracking in, and you don't make a commitment to make that change, then it's pretty. It's a pretty useless, worthless goal. If it's not written down, it's not worth the paper it isn't written on. If you know what I mean by that expression. So among my New Year's goals are that. Uh, another New Year's goal is to flesh out the show uh, uh, better than I have been. I actually want to be able to sit down and write out a lot more than I do. I do like the freelance approach, so to speak. I like coming on, reading some backstory, giving my thoughts on things, but I would like to incorporate more sources to validate my opinions, more sources to validate my line of thinking, and it's fun because it's a challenge to myself, almost. It's not a challenge to you. If I wanted to challenge you, I would say, hey, share the show with some people. Hey, throw out a counterpoint to one of the points I'm making. That's a challenge. A challenge for me is to change the show in dynamic ways, make it better, which is what I, which is always my goal, is to make the show better, make it, take it to the next level every year. So we've gone through a. Can you? I can't believe this. I've gone through a whole year of doing this. This is sitting in front of the microphone and recording a show for. 40 minutes to an hour is secondhand nature. 
now. I anticipate taking a day out of the week, sitting in front of this and going over the topics and having discussion with, I mean, right now it's with myself. It's with what I've seen on the news, what I've seen other people say about it, friends say about it, you guys say about it. It would be something else completely different if I got other people in on the show. So that's a possible plan to incorporate into the show. Another step is advertising and broadcasting more. Not taking on advertisers per se. This show is completely self-funded. I pay for the space. I push it out to the multiple platforms that can host podcasts. And I advertise pretty much exclusively on social media and rely on that and friends sharing, things of that nature. That's why when you listen to the show, you don't have to hear me go, let's take a break real quick. This half hour is sponsored by, you know, I don't have to do that. Would I mind doing that? No, I don't mind doing that. It it is what it is. I'm not at that level yet, though. You have to take baby steps to get up to that level. I've ran roughly almost 52 episodes, one episode per week. That's actually, that's a feat for me. I feel very accomplished. Getting ready to close the year out. Close the books on one year of FritzCast and going into the next year ahead. And people have been asking me, well, now that the election's over, is your podcast not going to be about politics so much? And I said, oh, no, trust me. said, there's a lot to talk about on the political front Still, there's always, people don't realize it, but what's going on in the news, almost everything has some kind of a political aspect to it, and you can add it to it, and you can expound on it. And in the coming weeks and months, you're going to see what I mean by that. So there's lots of plans for the show to encompass more politically, encompass more in depth, but also spread out. In discussion, you'll notice it's been about 38 minutes at this at this very point. I haven't talked about politics. I might actually close out the episode. This might actually be the final episode, not talking about politics so much, and then we'll roll right back into it. But there's there's so much that you can talk about. There's so much you can talk about. For instance. Star Wars Rogue One. Now, I really want to talk about it on a spoiler level. Level I do. However, people listening might be like, well, I haven't seen it yet. So, suffice to say, I told you last week I was going to go see Star Wars Rogue One in Cinemark XD. I did. Cinemark XD is a wall-to-wall, almost like an IMAX, but it is smaller. <coughs> smaller than IMAX, but it's... uh. <coughs> High-end, ultra-high-definition, specialized sound system, the whole nine yards. And Star Wars Rogue One is, in my humble opinion, the second-best Star Wars movie ever made. It's going to be highly debatable because people highly debate the order in which they rank the Star Wars films anyway. General consensus would be that Star Wars Episode 5 
The Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars film ever made. That's the general consensus if we went online, researched uh, the approval ratings, the... What's the word I'm talking about? The, the gross earnings of the film worldwide. The quality and the story. That all encompasses it being one of the best Star Wars films. In my book. <clears throat> but Rogue One, definitely number two. Definitely the second best Star Wars film ever made to date. Disney controlling Lucasfilm was something that people were wary of in the beginning. Then The Force Awakens came. I believe that was the third highest grossing film of all time. Somewhere in the billions of dollars earned gross earnings. There's still lots of back and forth criticism of The Force Awakens between Star Wars fans, the diehards. We, we kind of talked about that, right? A little bit last week. I loved The Force Awakens. Was it the best Star Wars film ever? No. It wasn't, but it was up there. It was better than anything the prequel trilogy did. And it had very defining moments in the Star Wars universe. For sure. Very excited to see what Episode 8 brings us next year. But Star Wars Rogue One as a standalone Star Wars film, which... Even as a standalone film, it still plugs right into the timeline, and it is a direct prequel to Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, the original Star Wars film. Disney knows exactly what the audience wants right now. Or maybe I shouldn't attribute that to Disney so much as I should Lucasfilm itself. They know exactly what the fan base wants. Star Wars Rogue One, or I keep saying it that way. Rogue One, a Star Wars story, is exactly what the fans wanted it to be. It's not a kid's film. It's not painted over. It doesn't really hold back. It is a warfare film. It is it is full-blown Star Wars. And Disney had to create a whole cast of characters and make you care about them that you hadn't known before. And they had to dive in there and give backstory to characters that we did already know but didn't have a lot of backstory. They did so well with it that I, I look forward to to seeing what else they're going to do. Because right now they're shattering expectations. And the bar wasn't set low for the expectations. The prequels were far from perfect and actually took some momentum out of Star Wars. Now the momentum is full-fledged back. So if you want to see a story that's really gritty and about sacrifice and redemption, go see... Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. We'll talk about it more in depth later when I don't have to attach spoiler alert tags onto it and people can just avoid it. If, if, if at that point they don't avoid it, it's on them. We're still in that fresh zone, so I'm not going to just, you know, spoil away. Now, I thought about going into some political discussion. I'm going to hold off. 
We're going to close out this episode politics free again. I'm going to give you guys that one more week until New Year's. Then it's right back into the fray. Because there is some things that I want to discuss right now. Like, for for example, the UN vote that is unanimous now with the U.S. abstention. I believe it's 14, to z- 14 in favor, zero against. Uh, the UN wants to put sanctions on Israel for building Jewish communities or Israeli communities in the safe zone, I believe is what it is. I could be wrong in that. And Benjamin Netanyahu feels a little betrayed by the U.S., feels that Obama is essentially having a last-minute sucker punch against Israel before he leaves office. I have very mixed feelings over the whole ordeal. Very mixed feelings. And today, in fact, even on the Hill, I believe it was, they're already talking about how Benjamin Netanyahu and Israel is going are are planning as scheduled to continue building these communities against the UN order. Now we're in a very interesting proposition because especially because Netanyahu, I believe, contacted president elect Donald Trump over the issue and Donald Trump gave his two cents on the issue, despite the fact that he has not yet taken power as the uh, president of the United States yet. Very interesting case, but there's a lot to read into it, too. There's more than just reading that headline and the headline about how Netanyahu wants to continue and defy the U.N. orders. So that's going to be probably a big topic of discussion starting next episode. In the meantime, I am going to log on to The Blaze and catch up on some of the stuff that I've been missing out on. Seeing as I has a a fancy subscription to The Blaze now, I'm going to go and watch some of The Blaze. Because the other thing i got to do is clean up this house. My office is a mess right now because a lot of stuff is shoved back here to be out of the way, of course. A lot of it is excess Christmas stuff, boxes to use for next year, wrapping paper to use for next year, gift bags to use for next year. Taking a look behind me and seeing what else is cluttering the office. I've got a bunch of wood. That's for a desk that my wife wants to build me. That I will participate in building, honey. I'm sorry, I'm not going to have you build a desk for me. Solo. So there's that. Clean up a little bit, maybe play a little bit of video games. Enjoy the rest of my day off. I want you guys to enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your New Year's coming up. Don't make your resolutions, make your goals. And listen to that. That's not Christmas music playing out. That's actionable from bensound.com, my go-to for this program. Guys, like, share, comment, do your thing on social media. Get ready, because next week we're diving right on back into politics. Yay, politics. Yay, politics. Shut up and sit down.